We have missed you dearly. 266 days passed since we have seen you. Since Daniel Hudson threw the last pitch past Michael Brantley and childlike joy ensued. The Washington Nationals finish the fight. Never have we gone so long without you. Pitchers and poets, Robert Frost wrote, both have their moments. The intervals are the tough things. A global pandemic forced this longest of intervals. In such times, we need the comfort of the familiar. We need the brief getaway of a happy diversion. We need you, friend, as we have so often through trouble and tumult. During World War I, the Secretary of War made an allowance for the 1918 World Series to be played. In January 1942, FDR said you should continue through the war. He found baseball, quote, thoroughly worthwhile to take our minds off work and war. Amid racial unrest in 1968, blacks and whites celebrated together in the streets of Detroit because the Tigers won a championship. After the 1989 Bay Area earthquake, the World Series resumed 10 days later as a symbol of recovery. played a similar role in 2001 after 9-11. You gave us a reason to hope again. In the wake of the bombing in Boston in 2013 and the hurricane in Houston in 2017, you lifted the spirits of people all the way to World Series championships. Hope is your bedrock. Games are not bound by the expiration of time. As long as teams have an out left, they have hope. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. And if it doesn't work out, there is always tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow night. This is why we need you now. It is not because you heal us. You do not end wars, solve social injustice, or invent vaccines. We need the nourishment of your routine, a ball game on the car radio, the way a game unfolds like a good book. We also welcome what is new this year, a 60-game sprint, an instant rally in extra innings, a schedule of regional rivalries. Reminders of the pandemic are everywhere. Empty ballparks, social distance, no arguing, spitting, or seeds. Players staying home. But what Bill Veck once said has never been truer. Baseball is almost the only orderly thing in a very unorderly world. If you get three strikes, even the best lawyer in the world can't get you off. You are our companion from childhood, and such friends have a special hold on us. As best friends do, we pick up a conversation as if 266 days had never passed. Welcome back, old friend. It is so good to see you. Okay, boys, this is it. We have been waiting a long time for this one. Many people thought it might not happen, but the 2020 fantasy baseball season is back. It has officially arrived. We have an action-packed week one here in the Gamma Omicron Fantasy Baseball League. Storylines, drama, big matchups. And I'm about to dive into all of it here on the Commissioner's Office podcast uh, I am, of course, Willie, the commissioner. I am back in New York at the Fancy Baseball, uh, the Geo Fancy Baseball headquarters. 
and uh, we're going to dive into all the week one matchups, get into a little week one preview for everybody. Um, I'm so excited to have uh, Fantasy Baseball back. Hopefully everyone else is too. Uh, let's jump right in. And they kick the ever-loving shit out of us. The score does not even reveal the difference in these two teams. If this was a fucking fist fight or a gang fight, which most of you don't know one fucking thing about, we would be dead. Swing it and drive! Uh, you do it again and I'll knock you right in your nose! I didn't touch you! You wished your finger! I did not! No, you're, you're lying! God damn, you're lying! Second dick. How can we fucking get picked on the first base? Our ass is in the death box now. Okay, folks, I can't believe it's here, but it is. We finally have fantasy baseball on the schedule. We start off tonight with uh, the Nationals and Yankees in D.C. That is Scherzer versus Cole, Cole's first game at Pinstripes. I believe that one is weather permitting. We may run into some weather. And then we get into Dodgers-Giants a little later, Kershaw versus Cueto, um, Mookie's first game in a Dodgers uniform, um, a great way to start the season, and then I believe all teams are in action um, tomorrow. That's uh, Friday afternoon uh, into Friday evening. Um, so an action-packed weekend, just like we have an action-packed week one here in the Gamma Omicron Fantasy Baseball League. So many uh, good matchups and storylines to get into. Um, a great way for us to start the season, I believe. Um, some really, really interesting um, matchups that pit. Uh, pledge class or pledge mates against each other, um, you know, former roommates against each other. So a lot of stuff to get into. Really, really excited to get all uh, to talk about it and discuss it. Um, as a reminder, the first matchup period I believe goes from seven twenty three, so today till August third. Um, so a little bit longer matchup period there. Um, you know, with the short season, every matchup is going to count. Um, so winning that first week is going to be huge. Huge, as our uh, our president would say, um, and uh, your trusted and humble commissioner. I'm going to get into all of it here. Um, so without further ado, let's dive in. The first game of the week um, is my loser leaves loser leaves town game. Um, I know that's kind of cliche, but I really think that that description fits here. Um, whole whole <laughs> equals whole LLC will travel to back home to Michigan take on the Clawson CPAs owned by Michael Dolores Sliva. Uh, I'm telling you right here, right now, the loser of this game is not going to make the playoffs. Absolutely will not happen. As sure as you're standing there listening to this, the loser of this game is their season's done. They might as well start selling off as soon as this game is over um, because the loser of this game is not going to move on past the regular season. Sliva enters the competition coming off um, a disappointing season after making the playoffs for the first time the previous year. Um, you know, saw himself selling at the deadline, but I thought he netted a good harvest. I'm um, in a host of young, controllable talent, um, the likes of um, Rafael Devers, um, Ronald Acuna, and a few others. Um, so I think that he has, you know, a lot to work with offensively. Um, you know, certainly no cupcake matchup with Hannon Hamburg um, for Hannon Hamburg as they enter their first um, 
first week of play here as fantasy baseball owners. Um, they're going to come in. They're not. Uh, you know, they're not going to get an easy road here for their first game. Um, the good news for Sleva is that his weakness is also Hannon and Hamburg's weakness, and that would be pitching. Um, Hannon and Hamburg enter play with five active starting pitchers on the roster, maybe four now that Stroman is on the shelf. Um, and I wonder, I really do wonder if anyone told them that there's a 25 inning, minimum of 25 innings limit. Um, so if they don't know that, I guess they will when they listen to this. Um, plenty of time to stream still. Um, and, and it's a long, long matchup period. So I do think they'll hit that. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, why this is going to be so interesting to see how they navigate the trials and tribulations of a fantasy baseball matchup, setting the lineup, scouring the waiver wire. Um, and like I said, Sleva is going to give them all they can handle. That offense is, is, uh, is as solid as they come, I think. Um, you know, Sleva's starting pitching is a, probably a tad better off than theirs. Like I said, they just they don't have the starting pitching on their roster. Uh, I do think Sleva has a lot of question marks at starting pitching, uh, but he does have some guys that are reliable, Kershaw, uh, Corbin. So I, I, I give the slight nod here to Sleva. Um, I think you have to go with the experience when you're talking about fantasy baseball. It just There's so much to learn, and, and I'm not saying that Hannon and Humberg won't learn it, but that first week is not exactly um, the best time to do that. Um, I guess my th- only way, my only road to victory for them is if they can ratio sleeve out of death, um, take an ERA whip and saves. That would give them three categories there, and then they would steal one or two offensively, uh, not one or two, that's still two or three offensively um, to get to that five or six range. Um, and I, I do think that will happen, that could happen if Sleva, if Sleva's offense, you know, starts off slow or doesn't really, um, you know, get into the swing of things to start. But I guess I do give the slight nod to Sleva. I think the offense is better. I think the pitching is better. Um, so I'll give it to Sleva. I think he survived 6 3 1 um, in that loser leaves town game. Um, sorry to say, Hannon Hamburg, I'm rooting for you guys, but. Um, you know, fantasy baseball is a different monster, um, and you'll learn that pretty quickly. The next game is an absolute classic rivalry, um, you would think. Uh, you know, after some of the trades these two have made, I'm not so sure that there's not something going on there. Um, I'm calling this one the Union Drill game, and that's Kowski versus Blue. Kowski enters play after two incredibly disappointing seasons that saw him selling off at the deadline. Um you know, typical Kowski loading up on big bats. I believe there's three or four Yankees players, Judge, Stanton, uh, Sanchez, and there might be a fourth in there. Um, all Judge and, well, Judge was traded and traded back for. Sanchez comes back over from Willie. Um, and then, of course, Stanton was added via the draft. Um, but, I mean, he's got some big bats, and um, there's a top-heavy pitching. Um it's going to be a very interesting team to follow this year, you know, giving two seasons of trading and selling off and having, you know, more money in the draft than others. I think this is a big one for Kowski. Uh, I think the pressure's on um, not only from himself, but fans and probably other owners in the league. Blue coming into the 2020 campaign, um, coming off a hell of a run in 2019. Um, that saw him losing to it in a tiebreaker to Willie in the semifinals. Um, you know, and I do think truthfully, I think blue had the better, match up that that period um the tiebreaker just didn't go his way unfortunately um but blue blue's team was solid last year um then they could have um they probably put up a better fight than i did for stockman in the finals 
Um, you know, he's got a lot of good players that I love uh, as he enters the 2020 season, but then he's got some guys that I'm kind of confused about. Um, and, you know, last time I talked to him, the confidence uh, regarding his team uh, was not very inspiring. Um, so I'm going to give the advantage to Kowski here. I think that the bats will get it done. Uh, I think that the counting stats on offense um, will come from the power, um, will, with the RBIs, home runs, and runs. And I think he's just going to overpower Blue offensively. Um, and then all he'll need to do is take care of business uh, with a couple categories on the pitching end. Um, I just don't see enough reliability on Blue's staff to feel comfortable picking him here. Um, if Blue has the style at the deadline, I really like his pieces. Uh, I think he's got some solid guys, but you know that will all depend on you know, where the market's at and how aggressive owners want to get. Um, but as far as week one goes, I'm going to give it to Kowski 7-3 and a pretty convincing win. Kowski's going to get off to a hot start um, and hopefully uh, get things back on track um, and you know chase down that third championship. Uh, many people are calling this next game the bread and butter game. Just a classic week one matchup, peanut butter and jelly, meat and potatoes, and Willie versus Travis in week one. Um, in the league's existence, these two have faced off in week one four times. Um, and this is a classic flip on the TV while the family's eating dinner type matchup. You know, little Johnny waiting home, uh, for, waiting for his dad to get home from work um, and watch Willie versus Travis in week one. Um, not a ton of flash or storylines here, um, but just a good, healthy competition. Both these teams enter play with ton of question marks really um for willie you know is a no closer strategy going to work for an entire albeit shortened season you know can the offense survive now with losing mookie and javi via trade and then for fist you know what does it take to get the job done we've seen you know several Vist teams come up just short year in and year out um you know does the short season help this here you know we know he's a hot starter um the short season may um play to his advantage um might ha- have to come down and you know close the stretch in week 17 18 19 um you can just get out to a hot start and kind of hold that spot um in the first six or seven weeks um like he normally does and that might be you know that might be something that works for him this year uh he may be one of the owners that really does uh get an advantage from this shortened season um but you know looking at this team there's a lot of holes here and i'm not just talking about like guys weaker less than at certain positions like there's literally guys that there's literally positions that aren't filled. Like right now, if someone hits a ball to third base, there's no one on Viss's team to field it. Um, we have an outfielder in the lineup that is literally not playing for a team right now. Um, so there's that. But that being said, the first eight names in this lineup are incredibly scary. And, and you guys can look at them yourself, but it's, you know, Grandal, Bellinger, uh, Yelich. I mean, just go down the list. It's, it's some rock-solid names that probably can carry an offense right there. Um, you know, and so I think Viss is going to have that solid offense uh, with, you know, Ballinger and Yelich leading the way. Some question marks in the pitching staff. Um, there's some names I like. I do like uh, Bueller to lead the way. I think he's going to have a solid year for Viss. Um, I do think that he's um, going to need to add some back-end names there to make that a championship staff. Um, but the base is there to have a solid staff um, pending a few moves. And then for Willie, you know, the, the the starting pitching is really a volume game. Um, it, it's pretty top-heavy. Um, he's going to have to rely on a breakout from one or two, maybe three guys to really round out that staff and make it, um, you know, championship level. Much like this, I do think the, the, the 
the base is there, and I, I think he'll get some good seasons from guys like um, Zach Gallen and, uh, you know, obviously DeGrom, and who's that guy from Houston? I'm drawing a blank on his name, Lance McCullers Jr. Um, you know, I do think guys like McCullers Jr. Gallen can present good breakout candidates for Willie, and if they do, I do think that staff will be right up there for the best in the league uh, with DeGrom leading the way, obviously. Um, and the offense, you know, took a bit of a hit with some recent trades, um, sending Mookie Betts and Javier Baez uh, to different teams. And, and that's always tough. Anytime you lose a top three player and then, you know, Baez probably a top 50 player, that's not always easy to replace. But I do think this offense is very well-rounded still. I think you have some guys that can steal. You have Edmund. I think Robera can steal bases. Senzel, McCutcheon. Uh, Mankata, when he gets healthy, can all, you know, steal some bases. Got some guys that will hit for power, obviously. Stockis, Donaldson, Correa's got the power factor there. Robert has shown in these inter-squad games that he can hit for power. Conforto, Schwarber. So the home runs, I do think, will be there. Um, you know, the batting average is a lot of 270 guys, um, which is not terrible. And, um, you know, I think, you know, when Mankata gets healthy, the offense is, is not going to be as flashy as maybe some of the other ones. Um, but I do think it will be consistent in that there will be, you know, a lot of categories, you know, accounted for by some of these guys. I think all of them can contribute in four, if not five categories, um, outside of obviously the catch of Narvaez and Cabrera. Um, but I do think, you know, a lot of these guys will, um, you know, end up being solid players. You know, with, with that, you know, it's obviously going to be tough without Mookie and Javier Baez. You know, that, that those two guys made the offense look a lot different than it does now. Um, I'm going to give Willie the nod in this one, but just by just by a bit. I, I These games are always close between these two. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a 5-4-1, 4-3-2, something like that. Um, but I'm, uh, four, yeah, 4-3, 4-3-3, something along those lines. Um, you know, I, I just got to give Willie the edge just because of, you know, Viss going to have to shovel some guys around just to get the lineup together. Um, and then the question marks on the pitching staff as a whole for Viss um, is going to give a slight edge to Willie, but would not be surprised if Viss squeaks this one out either. Um, you know, this whole first week is going to be such a, a toss-up, really, for everyone involved. And there's not a ton to go off of other than last season's games and a couple inter-squad games and then some spring training games that happened just up in March. So, you know, we're all kind of going in blind here. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to the guy who played in the semifinals last year over the guy who hasn't made the playoffs. That's just plain and simple how it's going to be. Right, and now we get into the real meat of the week. Right here, the granddaddy, the first and most famous of them all. And that is the two remaining games. Um, I would say probably the best four teams in the league facing off against each other. Um, I think that that is absolutely um, awesome. Uh, something that we probably haven't had uh, heading into a season before. Um, just two great, great matchups. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is a real, um, you know, are you for real type of game. Uh, so many years we have seen Mesmer eliminate Stegmeier uh, in the playoffs, whether it's in the semifinals uh, or the or the championship. Um, and these two face off in week one. Stegmeier enters the season missing the playoffs for the first time in his Game Omicron fantasy baseball career. Um, after a disappointing season last year, I would say there was probably a window for him to buy and to make the playoffs, but 
Um, and I think he would agree probably not worth um, selling some of the young core that he has put together. Um, and I think he rightly decided to to kind of stand pat and uh, sell a little bit um, and, you know, strengthen this team for, to make a run in 2020. And I think he's poised for a really big run here. Um, you know, I think many people would agree he's probably the best team entering play. Um, Gavin Lux not being with the big league club to start the season is not a concern for me. Um, I think Steg mentioned this in the group chat um, that, you know, COVID-related possibly or even service time-related. Um, I would assume Gavin Lux will be up within a, within the first or, or second week of the season. So no concerns there. But, I mean, you should go down the list of the outfielders, Eloy Jimenez, J.D. Martinez, Michael Brantley, J.D. Davis, Trent Grisham. Not too much weakness there. I make make, a, make the argument for Grisham being a little weak. Um, but real solid there. And the infield, you got Matt Chapman, Adalberto Mondesi, Trevor Story, Jose Ramirez, um, <clears throat> Cesar Hernandez, and then uh, up to Mitch Garver at catcher and Matt Olsen at first base. A lot of home runs to be hit there. Um, Story, Ramirez, Mondesi will all contribute in stolen bases. Um, you know, just a well-rounded offense. Obviously, you could put Miguel Sano in the utility spot. Um, and, you know, the offense is going to put up some serious numbers uh, all across the five categories. Um they're going to steal base. They're going to hit home runs. They're going to do it all. Um, maybe one of the best offenses we've seen thrown out there in a few years. Um, and that's backed by a really solid pitching staff. Uh, Flaherty, Nola, Bauer, um, then Snell. And then you get the relief pitching. Um, Hader, Kimbrough will see on. Um, you know, I think that this is some solid, solid pitching, especially with those top guys. Um, a little top-heavy. I would not be surprised if, uh, you know, big-name starter – or at least the middle of the road starters added um, at some point in the season. Um, but again, and that's, and then we didn't even talk about you on Alvarez, who is on the IL right now. Um, you know, when he comes back, if he's able to come back and, and do even somewhat close to what he did last year, it's going to be, I mean, that team, that offense is going to put up some scary numbers week in and week out. Um, and he takes on a, a familiar foe in Mesmer, who has missed the playoffs two straight years, I believe. Um, was coming off of a, a successful trade deadline where he sold off some uh, some pieces and got some really good um, some really good young players or some really um, you know good controllable players, Glaber Torres, uh, Lucas Giolito, to name a couple. And then I think Mesmer had a really good draft, um, netting Blackman, Arenado, um, Goldschmidt. Uh, that is to already you know to enhance the solid lineup that I thought he had with Torres, Anderson, Lindor, uh, Robles, Loriano. He also added Tommy Pham via trade. Uh, I believe that was from Blue. Um, and then we look at the pitching staff, Giolito, who I, who I mentioned, Darvish, uh, he brought over from Willie, who had his sick second half last year. Um, he's going to look to build off that. Uh, Carlos Martinez, who I believe the Cardinals just announced is going to be in the starting rotation, which is huge. Um, that guy's got nasty stuff, and if he can um, you know, remain there and remain effective, that's going to be a huge addition for Mesper to that starting lineup, or that starting pitching staff, I should say. Um, Musgrove and Weaver, I think there's some upside there. Paddock coming off a solid year. Um, I, I know Messi will like him. Um, Mackenzie Gore will be interesting to see how San Diego navigates that situation. Um, and then Garrett Richards as well. Um, I do think Mackenzie Gore is being floated around in trades. Um, so we'll see what happens there. This is a really tough one to make a decision on. Um, you know, I think both offenses are just so rock solid. Um, I might give 
a bit of an edge to Stegmaier because I just think top to bottom there's a little bit more there. Um, but, I mean, if you look through Messi's lineup, I mean, Arenado, Torres, Hoskins, Goldschmidt, Lindor, you know, that, that goes pretty deep as well. Um, so this one's going to be tough. I think, again, I'll give the starting pitching edge just slightly to Steg. I think his best three are better than Mesmer's best three with Fla- Flaherty, Nola, uh, Snell. Uh, you could throw Bauer in there. Uh, and that's to Messi's Darvish, Giolito, um, Martinez, Paddock. I think his four are probably a little better than Mesmer's top four. Um, but this is going to be a knockdown, drag out type of fight. Um, if anything, I'm going to give Stegmaier a slight edge. Um, but I know Mesmer wants this one bad. And, you know, Stegmaier's got to be thinking, I, I got to beat this guy at some point. Um, and, you know, this is a game that matters. These if this short season, every win is going to matter. So, you know, I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it is almost playoff baseball in uh, July. Um, so I'm, this is a big game for both these owners. Um, you know, this is going to – whoever comes out of this game victorious is going to make a statement to the rest of the league that they're here and that they arrived and, you know, they are probably the team to beat to start. Um, but, like I said, I, I can't really – this is such a, tar- a tough one to predict. I, I, I'll go slight edge to Stag, and I'll give it to him in a, in a – 5-3-2 victory, um, just uh, nudging Mesmer out on the on a couple offensive categories uh, to give him the week. And then our last matchup, the game of the week, hits two former roommates against each other, um, a former champion, last year's champion, Derek, Derek Stockman, um, looking to repeat in the short season versus a guy who has come up just short a couple of years, um, who's put together some really, really impressive teams, Always has some big names um, in the lineup, whether it's on the offense or pitching staff or the pitching side of things. Kind of just how he's feeling maybe that season or that week even. Um, he just kind of just throws trades out there and puts together these, uh, you know, scary, scary pitching staffs or um, offensive teams. And it's, it's impressive to see what he's done um, with those uh, trades that he makes. Um, and that's Jeffrey, obviously. Um you know, looking at Jeffrey's new team, he has brought over Javier Baez and Mookie Betts from Willie. Um, that involved trading uh, Jacob DeGrom and a couple other probably uh, not significant players. You know, the offense starts um, with the idea of Molina at catcher. He is, I feel like he's always Jeffrey's catcher. I feel like that's just kind of a plug-and-play type of position. Edwin Encarnacion, we all know, is just a solid home run guy. Um, somehow still doing it right around the age of 40. I think Chicago White Sox Stadium, um, U.S. Cellular, I forget what it's called now, um, is a great ballpark for him. It's a bit of a band box. Um, I think he'll have success there. Jonathan VR, we kind of know what he is. You know, 270, we're going to steal tons of bases. I think that's a solid second baseman for Jeffrey. Yuli Gurriel coming off a solid season for the Astros. Um, you know, kind of know what you're getting there. Um, not going to wow you in any one category, but pretty consistent across – uh, across the board, across the board, I should say, and then we get into Javier Baez, who you know MVP type of player, uh, really solid guy, um, probably the the, the real um, you know the heart of that Chicago offense um, with Chris Bryant and and uh, Anthony Rizzo as well. Um, you know he's going to hit a hit a lot of home runs. He's going to score a lot of runs. The guy's going to be on the base pass a lot, causing a lot of problems. Um, and the same with Keston Hira. I think he's um, you know coming off a solid. Solid rookie season. I think he's going to make some waves um, and be a solid player for Jeffrey. 
Carlos Santana, um, you know, Mr. Consistent. We kind of know what you're getting there. Back in Cleveland, um, you know, batting in a, a solid offense. Um, and then we obviously get to Mike Trout. Just announced yesterday he's going to play uh, in 2020 season. There was some doubt there for a little bit um, from the talking heads, but uh, we're happy to see him. Uh, baseball's definitely better with him. Um, let me get to Mookie Betts. Obviously, a uh, huge, huge addition for Bre- uh, for Jeffrey. Um, you know, that outfield with Betts and um, Trout is probably as good as we've ever seen. Um, that's two top three players in one outfield, which is absolutely, you know, unheard of. Um, and then, you know, Byron Buxton, I think, is a guy who could who could have been, you know, a solid guy this season, you know, the short season. Um Still going to probably steal 10 bases. That can hit a ton of home runs, but if he can get that average in the two, 250s, 260s and hit seven home runs and steal 10 to 12 bases, that's huge. Um, you know, it's a great addition. I know he's dealing with a bit of an injured foot. Uh, I know the video may have not may have looked worse than it actually is. I look, it looks like he's day-to-day right now. Um, he hasn't been put on the 10-day DL yet. Um, and I think that, I guess, he's been saying it's a positive sign. That hasn't happened yet. And then at the utility spot with Xander Bogarts, obviously just a, a nice veteran to have in the clubhouse. Um, and then Otani on the offensive days is going to be sick. Um, if the guy hits bombs. Um, and he's actually pretty sneaky on the base pass too. So, you know, the offense has got a lot of um, positive stuff there for Jeff. Um, two huge names, obviously. They're probably going to do a lot of the a lot of the workload and, um, you know, carry him along the way. So we'll see what he can do with that offense. And then the pitching staff, I think, like a lot of guys, it is a little top-heavy with Scherzer, Verlander leading the way, Otani. Uh, we expect to be back to where he was uh, his rookie season with that nasty stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how Jeff works around the pitching staff there. I, I know um, probably going to count either on a couple guys to break out or bounce back. Johnny Cueto, who's making his first start of the year tonight. Um, he's been off for a while due to Tommy John, I believe. Um you know, Rich Hill, we don't really know what we're getting there. Um, he hasn't really been in play the past couple of years. Jordan Montgomery, who has looked very good in, in a couple of the Yankees inner squad and, and games. Nathan Evaldi, who is coming off a poor season, but before that was lights out in the playoffs. Um, and then John Lester, who could bounce back, but, you know, we've seen kind of what he has turned into the past couple of years. Um, so I do think the pitching is a is, – is, I don't think I – know, I know it's very top-heavy. Um, it's a little light as far as depth goes. Um, but you'll, you've noticed throughout the podcast, I've said that about a lot of teams. So, you know, that problem is not too big of a problem because, you know, that seems to be, you know, a, a pretty um, a pretty uh, popular problem to have this year. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how Jeff navigates this whole situation. I think this week is going to be a huge uh, week for Jeff. You know, I think you're going up against the former champion. Um, right away you're going to know where you're going to stand pretty um pretty firmly because this is going to tell you, you know, how good your team really is because Stockman, you know, former champ, obviously, but he's coming, bringing back a solid amount of talent, you know, with Real Muto, um, Rendon, Tatis Jr., Turner, Bregman, Rosario, Marte, um, added Austin Riley from Sliva, um, Aaron Hicks, we'll see, um, and then, you know, Mark Canna, DJ LeMayhew, and then, you know, obviously the pitching staff, Garrett Cole, Jose Barrios, Madison Bumgarner, um, Sean Manaya, really solid pitchers right there. Added Michaelis um, as another uh, you know back end starter, um, which should be solid. Um, has some interesting um, you know kind of 
lottery ticket type starting pitchers. Um, and then in the you know in the back end, he has Colome, Kirby Yates, who I know he spent his most of his draft money on, um, and a couple other guys that could uh, be in line for some saves. So I mean, Stockman, pretty well-rounded team. Um, you know, from top to bottom, I do like CJ Cronin that first base spot. I think. Um, you'll see him hit 10 to 12 home runs for the Tigers this year, um, you know, which is not quite Anthony Rizzo, who who Stockman had last year, um, but it's not too big of a drop off um, for a for a lot less money. So I mean, this is going to be probably you know that's why I called the game of the week. This is a really solid matchup, and it's you know it's one of the best rivalries in the league. Both of these guys want to beat each other so bad, um, and this week one game really will feel like a playoff game to both of these guys. Um, you know, whoever loses is going to be fairly disappointed, I would imagine. I'm going to give the edge to Jeffrey in this one. Um, I like the underdog here just because I know he's going to navigate the waiver wire and the you know the categories better. I feel like that's going to be something that he does better than Stockman heading into this week. Um, and, you know, I like, I like the starters on Jeffrey's end a little better. I know Stockman has Garrett Cole, um, but that's just one guy. I do like Scherzer. Uh, Verlander, if I, well, I don't know if Verlander will get the pitch, but I, I just like the names in Jeffrey's side better. Um, and I think that they'll be out, they might get off to a little bit of a hotter start um, than some of Stockman's guys. Um, you know, I had to pick another dog eventually at some point as well. So, you know, I think this is a good spot for Jeffrey to, you know, kind of catapult his season. Stockman's team may be coming off a little bit of a championship hangover. Um, a great spot for Jeffrey to, to, you know, put on the steel sign and, and set up for a uh, an upset in week one and really get his season up to a hot start. Um, and, you know, both these guys I do think will be around, um, you know, all season. I think they'll be in the conversation. Um, it sucks to have a, you know, it sucks to have that tough week one matchup because in the short season because it is going to feel, you know, a loss to any, for anyone who loses is going to feel like a, a big, a big hit because you're already going to feel behind the eight ball. Um, and those who win, you know, you've, it's probably a race to four or five wins at this point. Um, and to get one right off the bat is huge. So uh, I'll take Jeffrey there in the upset. Um, and that really is the week one preview. Um, it's going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, a nice long one to start. It's going to be, you know, it's a marathon for this one. And, it, and it's going to be a, it's going to be so interesting to see how the uh, waiver wires navigated and, you know, people, uh, you know, navigate people getting COVID or, you know, starting pitchers only going four or five innings because they're not quite built up and ready to go. Um, you know, I think relief pitchers, I think, do start off a team with a solid amount of relief pitchers who can get saves and, um, you know, get, get those good ratios in ERA and whip, you know, might be better off than a team like mine who has all starting pitchers who probably are not quite where they need to be heading into the season. Um, so that'll be very interesting. Um, I think that that could play a role this week. Um, and hitters, you know, they're always kind of, there's always some kind of slow starts, but then there's a lot of hot starts too. You know, hitters are really tricky to, to gauge, um, especially at the start of the season, because so many of them haven't really had competitive, um, at bats, especially with this year with people kind of really coming in on short, uh, notice, um, and short training and not really getting in the, the reps that they needed before the season. So we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be very interesting, a very telling week. Um, it's so the, the short season is going to play, you know, such a different um, factor uh, this year. You know, so many times we've seen people get off to slow starts where they might lose their first two or three games or, you know, they start one and two. Um, you know, they kind of make a run from there. 
Um, but you just don't have time for that this year. There's not going to be time to assess and you know, reevaluate or be patient with guys to get going because you lose two, two, two in a row off the bat or, or God forbid, three in a row. Your, your season's kind of done unless you win out, and even then you're probably just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Um, but anyways, uh, that's really it for this week. Um, we'll do a, uh, uh, probably like a post, post week um, when this matchup period ends. Um, hopefully we'll get an owner on to kind of be the co-host for that one. Um, but Cole versus uh, Scherzer tonight should be great. And then Cueto versus, uh, Cueto versus Kershaw in the later game. Um, I know there's still supposed to be some rain for that Yankees-Nationals uh, game, so we'll keep our fingers crossed that that one gets played. Um, but absolutely exciting time. Uh, all teams are in action tomorrow, I believe. Um, so it should be a great weekend of baseball, um, something that we've been, been waiting for for a really long time. Um, hopefully we will have some excitement uh, this weekend and maybe even a trade or two. Um, I look forward to uh, the group chat and seeing all the, uh, the, the text, and I can't wait for that first home run and all the excitement to, uh, to ensue. So everybody enjoy your weekend. Uh, happy that baseball's back, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Go Lovers.